0: Good. My guys. Great baby. Great to be back. Yes, sir. Episode four. Episode four, guys. Man, we'd be starting off the same way every time. But I know we <laughs> to <change> that <laughs> <laughs> for real. Man. Well, guys, this is uh the immersed podcast. This is episode four. Uh, this episode is gonna be on what does the Bible say about racism? Had to do this one. Yeah, I mean, with everything going on nowadays and um yeah, I mean, we're a lot of times me and Dev, like, we're real lighthearted, we're joking and stuff like that. But when it comes to something like this, this is not only something that's Yes, it's happening so much right now, but, man, I mean, this has been going on. We're going to share, like, some personal testimonies of me and Dev, even with, like, what racism is, has even been in even our own family. Yeah. Um. And, it, I mean, this is something that's been happening, like, literally, like, probably from the beginning of
1: time. Yeah, yeah, nah, I mean, because it's just, yeah, it's a real issue, you know, and, and people just have to, like, we're just going to break down and, and really give, like, the bible uh, like on it because a lot of people don't really know that point of view is like what does the bible say about it because i know there's a lot of like questions that i hear from certain people like oh like hasn't the white man changed the bible and Mm. stuff like that so it's even racism surrounding the bible you know so it's like we're really just going to take what the bible says and kind of just shed some light on this darkness basically i'm so glad you brought that up because i completely forgot about that i don't know if you guys knew but there
0: was actually a thing called the slave bible yeah we'll get into that but
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: It's but, even little things like that where it's just like, man, man, I, mean, I forgot about that. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, man. Well, guys, uh, in this podcast, uh, me and Dev, we get immersed in the word of God to break down popular topics through a biblical perspective. Uh, and really our heart is that this would help to disciple the body of Christ. Um, we know me and Dev, we're, we're not we are being discipled as we are also, uh, you know, Guiding others to discipleship and that's really a whole aspect of Christianity and discipleship really at its core is really friendship um, And that's how me and Dev became friends That's how me and my boy Micah became friends and really the, the extended friends that me and Dev have We all disciple one another we challenge one another that iron sharpening iron like in Proverbs like um, Our desire is to grow in friendship in Jesus like when Jesus was on the earth and he spent three years um, with, the, with the with the disciples they all became friends. It wasn't Jesus just like, this is what this is and this is what this is. No, he, he literally like, he bathed with them. He ate with them. They, you know, like um they all went to the bathroom, you know, together yeah. back in the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, they, they created this culture, and through that culture became unity, and it was unity of the brothers and the sisters that were with them. Yes, there were girls that uh, followed
1: the disciples as well, so it wasn't just all men. Yeah. Um, so. And Jesus emphasized that a lot too about yeah. women, because back in that time, I think women were definitely not looked you know, like, they they were looked down upon, in a sense. Mm,
0: There was racism against women. Yeah. Yeah, like, women couldn't even be educated uh, back in the day. Yeah. You know, like, even in the the synagogue, they would have men to the right and then women to the left. So even, I mean, yes, like, there's this... uh, racism against black and white but there's been racism against men and women there's been um, racism uh, against uh uh, social classes about who has money or that and so and i'm gonna be straight up like this is really me and dev's heart on this is that the lord is not okay with this mess not at all you know like i like i mean with i like i like the lord has hate for this type of subject with with what this is with the heart of racism and so we're going to get into all of that um but before we get into some, like, details of, like, what does the Bible say about racism? What is the heart of Jesus on this whole matter? Um, and really, what can we do nowadays with the, the Black Lives Matter and all these police brutalities and everything that's going on? How does a Christian react or even do in this whole situation? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. Did you want to go first, sharing kind of, like, what was going on with racism in your own life or how that was or... Yeah, I could right, start, though. Okay. Bet.
1: Um. So just to give a quick rundown, if people don't know, I know a lot of people usually ask me, like, what am I? What's my race? So I am black and white mixed. And then it's a, it, it, like, from my other grandmother's side, she, her grandfather or something like that was from Spain. But that's different. It's probably, like, 5% within me. But I'm not mm-hmm. going to get into that. But black and white um, was raised by a white grandmother, you know what I'm saying, within, like, a black culture. So, and my grandma wasn't the normal white person, you know what I'm saying? Like, she just wasn't, like... You know, the Disney Channel white folk that, you know, you think of when you think of white people. You know, my grandma was very, like, cultured and understanding. Anybody who knew her would understand that. But I think the thing for me, like, you know, seeing it from different perspectives, like, you know, I was raised around both. I mean, of course, I was more in the black culture um, just because of where I lived and, you know, school and stuff like that. But, I mean, I, I still have an understanding on both perspectives, you know. So I think, you know, just being raised by a white grandmother, you just... You know, like you you notice little things like when mm-hmm. you go out to the grocery store with her and like you know you're colored and she's not and then the people kind of looking like, Oh, is like is he with her? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I remember being in school and like, you know, like my teachers would call home and like I'm not even gonna lie, like I would love for my teachers to call home sometime because they would call her and like they'll hear her voice and like, oh, like she doesn't sound like, you know, how I would expect her to sound. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And you could kind of or like when she came to a school meeting, like you would see kind of like the change up. Like because it's like, you know, back when I was in school, I thought, I, you know, I wanted to be the kids pants sagging who look cool and stuff like that. But then I come into the meeting with the, you know, like with the assistant principal and all type of stuff like that. But then my white grandma come, you know, hobbling in. And they're just like, oh, like, you know, they, <laughs> it gives them a different Man. perspective, you know. So, I mean, I think I experienced it in that way. And that's not so much racism. That's just kind of like, you know, that that just shows that, you know, we kind of We kind of segregate each other and there's Mm -hmm. a division between the two, which it shouldn't be. Now, I think the biggest thing that a lot like some people kind of push for this and I'm not going to lie. Like I kind of I think the biggest thing that we need to do, we need to sympathize with others and with their opinion instead of just instantly ruling out others opinions and be like, oh, like you're stupid or that opinion is stupid. We need to first sympathize with them and kind of understand where they're coming from, because I know the biggest thing a lot of people like to say now is like, oh, I don't see color. And I think, I think Hannah, my good friend Hannah, that you also mentioned last podcast, she was talking and she was like, you know, like that's just, that, that just doesn't really make sense, which is true because it's like, God sees color, you know, Jesus, yeah. like we're going to get into John chapter four, Jesus seen different nationalities. He's seen different ethnicities. It's not the fact that we shouldn't see color. We should see color and we should, you know, we should respect your color and your culture and what you bring to the table that we can't, Amen. you know what I mean? But it's also the fact that, Just because you're of this nation, you're of this skin color, I'm not going to divide us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So there shouldn't, there should be an acknowledgement. It shouldn't be a division. And that's the biggest thing. So like, I'm not going to like, you know, I don't think I've really experienced too much racism within my life. I think I just really seen the division. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing for me that can kind of like, I seen both sides get along. So oh, me seeing both sides get along, like, I mean, you know, like when, you know, like when some of my white family has like a get together, like, you know, some of my black family will come over and like, you know, we will all get along and it'll be cool. And like, you know, if like we have a function for the black people and, and or not the black people, but the black side of the family has like a function and the, some of the white side comes over. It's all cool. It's all good. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like. It's just like, why can't we just all get along? But I mean, we're going to break it down once we get into more scriptural, you know, references. We're going to break down like what it truly is from the heart. So, yeah, that, that's more of my side. I just seen it from both perspectives. Um, And it's just it just kind of, you know, I think that's the biggest thing I've seen both of them work out. And it's just like, why? Why can't it just, you know, work out all together? So, mm. man, Now I love that you're able to see like
0: the beauty behind both sides actually coming together. Yeah. You know what I mean? man that's that's pretty that's beautiful actually yeah, yeah um i so my my story is a little bit different because um i didn't grow up in maryland um and if you guys didn't know like this podcast is uh um this is host, like, hosted like posted in maryland um and so i originally i am probably majority of my childhood i grew up um living in like southern virginia and i like if you guys like listening to the introduction um, so I grew up in a in a town that was called Nicholsville, Virginia. Oh snap! <laughs> oh man! And so that was the place that I grew up in. Um, and I went to this uh, this high school, and it was called Gate City uh, High School. Um, and so they, if anybody ever seen like Friday Night Lights or uh, you know any anything with like Texas and football or whatever, you know, it's like you you eat, sleep, and breathe like football down there is huge. And so that was a big, that was a big part of my life down there. And so um, the thing is though, is that while I was down there, this is literally, so me moving to Maryland was like a culture shock, like crazy for me. And here's what, here's why. When I lived in Virginia, there was straight white people. Like everybody is white. And then there was two other racist, uh, racist, my goodness there's two other types of races down there and then you have you have some black and then you have mexican i've i grew up in virginia in virginia mexican that, yeah mexican in the south in the south so like that was that, that they were actually like mexican there wasn't no like puerto rican there wasn't no like you from spain uh, mm. or like in maryland there's a lot of el salvador yeah. right over there it's straight mexican there's black, like a, like there's some, like some mexican there's some black and then there's like a whole lot
1: of white people i'm surprised it was mexican in the south yeah
0: I, and to be honest with you like i thought that was like the only races in like america like yeah. because i grew up in that thing so and here's the other thing like people a lot of racism racism happens in in the south yeah um and so because i grew up in the south I experienced this heavy and so if you guys don't know like I'm half white but I'm also half Indian Um, my dad is Guyanese and so uh, Guyana is the only uh, English speaking country in South America Um, and so basically the story is when England was doing their conquest and stuff like that they actually uh, they took they overtook Guyana in South America and they put Indians there they put Spanish people there they put Africans there they put Chinese there they put all these these cultures there um, made them speak English changed the culture um, and that's what it became as British, uh, British Guyana. And then that ended up becoming free. And then my dad, a brick ago, you know what I mean? Ended up coming to New York, um, like migrated over to New York with his family. And so that's like what happened. So I'm half Indian. So um, with my siblings, I'm not I'm so I have, I have there, there's there's four of us. So I have three siblings. Two of my siblings are dark. The other two siblings, which is me—well, not other two—me and my other brother, um, we're on the lighter side. So we're not. You can look at us, and you know that we're not white. A lot of people think we're Spanish because because we have like this this tint to us. Um, but both of my uh, my my sister and my my other brother—they're like dark, dark. So um, so growing up in the South, especially with my dad being dark, like Indian, dark. Man, like people like they didn't even know about in, they didn't even know about like Indians. Like so they're thinking like they look at me and my family, they're like, y'all are Mexican or y'all are black right, or something like that. And so it was hard. Like I remember when my when my mom met my dad in New York and then came back to the south uh to for my um, for my mom's parents to actually meet my dad. What happened was, though, they were like, yo, we're not cool with this. You know what I mean? They were yeah. like, you can't be dating uh, someone that dark, you know. Yeah. And so it took them, it took my mom's parents, a very long time to actually get used to, um, to get used to my dad. And my dad would help around on the farm, and my dad would would be there for them and take care of them. And then that's what ended up changing their mind is that my dad was just a real good-hearted dude that that was not afraid to like pick up a tool or or to really like get his hands dirty. Like my dad was, and then they that they saw that and they were like, and plus he they saw how how my mom was happy with my dad and then they, their, their, hearts changed on it. Yeah. But then, you know, then you have, you know, four kids, right. And then we grow up in the school system and man, like I remember being called like porch monkey, like in school. Wow. Yeah. So even the makeup of my school, um, there was probably the whole school, and this is high school and the middle school all connected together. Um, so there was about a thousand, thousand students. And so the makeup of that school was there's probably maybe like, two or three mexicans you know what i mean and then what you would have would be maybe about five black people um and so the the type of name calling that i would get the the especially with i mean i was cool I, i was cool with people but they definitely there was like sometimes people would stare and i'll never forget this one time that like I think it was in I was in eighth grade and I was able to like jump up and like touch rim. Mm-hmm. And I remember like the white guy, like the, my, my white, you know, friends and stuff like that. Um, they were like they couldn't they yeah. couldn't touch rim and stuff like that. And I remember them being like, oh, it's because you're black.
1: They thought you was Michael Jordan out there. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm not to say like I
0: was the only one like there were other guys as well. But like that was one thing um, that they, they would do. And even my close friends, like they would even say some, you know, like, you know, call, call me dirty. You know, Mm -hmm. because like, oh, like you got, you know, dirty Mexican, you know, uh, and, you know, throw in like, you know, body parts and stuff. I mean, they would I mean, it was this thing. And I remember I mean, I I, I received a little bit like not a little bit. I mean, I I did receive a decent amount of that, especially when it came to sports or whatever. Like people would definitely like if it got there, they would absolutely um, like I'll never forget this one time I almost got in a fight in school. I got, even thinking about it, I got, I'm just getting a little heated now. Like, Like I remember, I mean, of course I like, I forgive my man. Like these are my people, but like I was in, um, I was, you know, I was a football player. So I sat at the football table. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm sitting there eating. And I remember like, for me, I like to fold my pizza. Like that's just how I eat my pizza. I fold it, you know? And that's not an uncommon thing. Like people fold their pizza. Yeah. And I remember the dude sitting across from me. Uh, he was, he was, uh, he was, uh, one of the, um, I forgot specifically who it was, but man, he, um, and I was, I took my pizza and I folded it. Um, and my man was like, yeah, like, you know, even you eat your pizza, like a taco or some mess
1: like that. Oh snap.
0: Oh my gosh. I don't know why I got so heated. And I was like, bro, say that one more time. And then I like got up, I like flipped my tray and stuff like that. I can't remember. I thought like food went everyone everywhere. And I was like, not having it, you know? And so that was the they would do these things. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, I received it, but my siblings received it even worse because my siblings, um, they were a lot darker. So they would come home crying over the things that they would call my siblings. Mm. You know what I mean? And it was just like wicked things. So like, and then, um, some of you guys probably didn't know this, but me and my family, we had restaurants growing up. Um, and so I grew up in the restaurant business. And so and even in the restaurant, because my dad was Indian, a lot of the times people wouldn't even want to come and actually eat at our restaurant. Due to the fact that um, my dad was colored, you know what I mean? So that was an aspect of it as well. We had a great restaurant, like great food, everything. But I remember like there's like there was racial tension and stuff like that. Like, oh, should we support, should we support you and stuff like that? And so that was an aspect of it as well.
1: And what year, uh, like what year was all this? So the people know Um,
0: this was around the year. I think we opened up our first restaurant around 2000, 2000. Yeah. So this wasn't long ago. This wasn't too long ago. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, so I think yeah, in 2000 I was probably, phew, man, I don't know how old I was. About
1: four. Three, three going on four. About probably. yeah, I was like
0: three, four. I mean, they have pictures of us like when we were so I literally grew up like, you know, serving tables, like cooking, like doing stuff like that. And I remember, it was just, it was pretty wild. Like you couldn't. You couldn't ignore it. And then also there was a there was a Ku Klux Klan uh, that lived like close by. Oh, snap. Yeah. And then I remember there was one. Uh, it was a Mexican restaurant that was in the, the town of Gate City of where I went to high school. Mm-hmm. And I remember the uh, and it was right across the street from the courthouse. And I remember I'll never forget the day. Um, that we had the Ku klux klan and all their robes and everything like that with their hats on and everything and they were right there by the, by the by across the street from the mexican spot and they were they would scream out white power white power um and it was crazy i mean not to say that everybody was okay with racism like there were a lot of people who would be like yo like like you know people would be like go to hell like all this stuff like that like they didn't like they didn't mess with the Ku klux klan but i mean it was a reality down there you know yeah. um and so It's, you know, and I remember a lot of them, they would make jokes about lynching and we would, we were in football. So we would play, we would play against, uh, we would play against, um, black teams and man, my, like my country, uh, football, some of my, like some of the guys on the football team and the stuff that they would say, like, this is just not even worth repeating. You feel me? Yeah. And that stuff used to get me heated. Um, so anyway, that was kind of like how I grew up. So then, and I remember this, like, I really wanted to be white, like My desire was to be white when I was in Virginia. And then I moved to Maryland and the culture shock, I didn't know there were so many races. Like you have Ethiopian, you have Haitian, uh, you have like um, people from Spain, people from El Salvador. Like then you have um, um, different types of people, like Asian people, you know what I mean? From Vietnam, you know what I mean? From Cambodia, from the Philippines. You have like all these other different places. I was like in super culture shock. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Um, and then I remember like when I came to Maryland, I actually didn't want to be white anymore. I actually wanted to be fully Indian, you know what I mean? So I would like really embrace my Indian side when I was in Maryland. Um, but when I was in Virginia, like, you know, I wanted to be as white as I could be because I wanted to fit in and I didn't want people to like, look at me a certain type of way. Yeah.
1: Nah, I definitely feel that. Cause like even being like, you know, sometimes like when I was younger and I'd be around a certain part of my family, I'd want to be more like that side. But then when I'd go back to the other side, I wanted it to be more like that side. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just not truly knowing your own identity and walking in that. You know what I mean? It's just kind of you want to fit in, you know, so yeah. I, I could definitely relate with that also.
0: Man, I mean, it's it's wicked. And um, but that's a that's kind of me and Dev's like understanding with it. And here's the thing. I'm not trying to say, well, here's my story. I'm we and me and Dev are so aware of the wickedness of what is actually going on with yes, like with. Uh, police brutality with uh i mean just the the issues between the white and black and i mean yes it's between the white and the black but also like in other cultures as well you know what i mean yeah um it's just we put these unrighteous judgments towards people of different skin color and of different things and it's just um it's so wicked and so we're gonna we're now we're gonna get into some scripture and we're actually gonna help to say like okay god yes like Everybody has an opinion, but the highest authority, the the opinion that matters more than anything is the word of God. And what is what is what does Jesus say about this whole matter? So um, I'm actually going to I'm going to bring up that uh, in Matthew five. Um, this is really when I look at racism like, OK, so this is what racism is, you know, every, everything that's going on against people um, j- being unrighteous judgment towards someone of another skin color or uh, someone of another culture, someone who eats a different type of food or, and, and, you know, if they're not like them, it's just, it's wicked at heart. And it goes against um, the, the two great, the two greatest commandments, which was to love your neighbor and also to love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, your mind, and your strength. And so in this, Jesus talks in Matthew five about, about hate towards your brother and racism at its core Like, I'm going to say this again, racism at its core is a sin issue. The type of sin that racism is, is hate towards your brother, hate towards your sister. And Jesus in Matthew 5, verse 21 through 22, he says, You have heard it was said to those of old, right? He's talking about Old Testament when God spoke to Moses, that to, like, you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you, this is Jesus talking, But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of this judgment. And whoever says to my brother, you good for nothing shall be in danger of hellfire. Basically what this scripture, Matthew 5 verses 21 through 22 is saying is that if you have hate towards your brother, you have murdered them in your heart and it is the same. It is almost as if you've actually committed murder to them. So when you look at racism, racism at its core is sin, the type of sin is hate towards your brother and hate towards your brother is actually murder. And we all know that severe cases of what racism does is it actually ends up leading to murder.
1: Yeah. So Nah, that's really good. I mean, I think just, I mean, I think the biggest thing about it is just like, it, 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 it's like if you if you have made the decision in your heart to hate somebody it's like you basically murdered them you cut them off you yeah. know what i mean you don't acknowledge them as a person you don't acknowledge them as a fellow human you don't acknowledge them as the same as you so technically it's like murder because you literally have severed them from you have severed the the possibility of you sympathizing and loving on them mm. so it's basically murder you're cutting out the opportunity for them to receive love from you yeah. So yeah. And I mean even like the the
0: root of what murder is, I mean it starts from a place of hate. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um it's it's it it's what Jesus came to do, which was to unify the body. Mm-hmm. We as people in our in our our in our self righteousness in narcissistic ways and what I mean by narcissistic ways it's every everything's about us everything is about my culture and honestly and people and it's okay to be proud about your culture mm-hmm. you know what I mean like I love I, I i genuinely do love my white culture where everything is laid back and chill southern hospitality you know what i mean biscuits and gravy you know that that chicken biscuit you know them, them yeah, things yeah. like i and like sitting around a bonfire going hunting you know what i mean going fishing i love that aspect of my culture and my white culture but i love also the culture of my indian culture where like you know go curry and roti uh I mean, uh, family gatherings, you know, reggae music. Uh, I mean, these, these beautiful things about my dad's culture and family and unity and, and so much about cooking and, and I love all of that. And so through me being able and through multiple people being mixed, even for yourself, mm-hmm. uh, uh, my man, Dev, like we're able to get not only one culture, but to get two cultures. And through that, we're able to get more understanding of the beauty of God because God is not, God, God is not set on one culture. Like God is set upon the beauty of humanity in the sense of how diverse it could be, how many tongues there may be. Mm -hmm. And when I mean tongues, I was talking about like the many different languages there are the many different types of food. I embrace all of that because I love, I love culture. You know what I mean? And the more, the more cultural that we may be, we have a greater understanding of this world and we're not going to be narrow sided.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Nah, and then just to, like, piggyback off that, like, you know, John three sixteen, everybody knows, but for God so loved the world, like, the world, like, emphasize the world, not just a specific place, not just a specific people, not just, a, you know, a country, but, like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. And that's just so big because then you also see in Scripture that God shows no partiality. And what that means that, God doesn't see like rankings within people. He doesn't see like he doesn't see a difference within people. And it's not that he doesn't acknowledge that people are different. Yes, because he created us and he gives us all different kind of talents and gifts. You know, like it, it talks about, and um, I, I don't know which book specifically off the top, but it talks about like he gives the spirit of truth and the spirit will give gifts to each one. So God sees a difference between between each and every one of us, but he doesn't give us like a different like ranking or anything like that. You know what I mean? He doesn't mm-hmm. box us in. He sees us as a whole, but he sees the individualistic is that a word into yeah. into a, vi- I can't even say it again I don't even know how end, I said it the first in- Individual oh dang uh, individualistic ind- come on man realities let's go or you know we'll what I mean words out here <laughs> I don't know no nah, nah, I like it hit, hit that Indu- I don't even know bro individualistic you got to be in the spirit saying that you do got to be <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, that's bro. like tongues man I'm sitting I, here it's like individualistic but yeah he sees those you know those specific things within you that makes you different from one another but he sees you as a whole mm. so
0: yeah oh that's fire man that's fire
1: um.
0: And it, bro, if if you think this is probably be a good idea, I, I I think we should probably like racism has been a thing that's been going on for a very long time, um and for example, when Jesus came two thousand years ago, there was racism actually in Jesus's culture. Yeah. Yeah. So me and Dev, we're gonna spend some time, and we're actually gonna get into well, what was the racism that that was actually happening, um around the time when Jesus came, and and. Once you get this, you'll realize, wow, Jesus really spoke into the heart of racism and how honestly, like he hated it. Like, yeah, Jesus, Jesus came to actually bring unity. Um, He came to bring healing to all people, Jews and Gentiles. And when I mean Jews, Jews were Jews were the um, God's chosen people. And then you have the Gentiles were those who were basically non-Jewish. That's basically the simple way to do it. They were non-Jewish people, yeah. and so Jesus wanted to bring unity between all of that. His heart was to save all of humanity, not 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 um, not cast judgment or destroy humankind. But he actually, I mean, that's why he came to die on the cross um, for our for all of our sins. Like what what um, Dev was actually quoting in John 3:16, um, so that
1: we all may have life. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. So now um, we're going to get into John chapter four. And uh, if you don't know, this is the story about Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Come and um, so we could pray just before we, we dive into scripture and everything. So I'll pray really quick. Come on. So, Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you for every listener. Lord God, Um, that is listening at this moment. Lord, we ask that you would bless us. You would bless them. Lord, we ask that God... um. That we would multiply the talents you have given us, Lord God, that we would not bury them in the ground, Lord God, waiting for you to come back and do nothing with them. But, Lord, we would use the gifts and the talents that you give to us. So, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would bring unity within the body of Christ, Lord amen. God, and that the peace of God would rest upon all of our hearts and minds. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, just to get into John chapter four to give some context. Um, So it was Jesus and, um, you know, he was walking with his disciples. Um. And I think he was on his way to where? Galilee. He was on his way to Galilee. And basically, from where he was coming from, he had to pass through a town called Samaria. Now, I heard a while ago that there was a way and a route that you could, like, basically avoid Samaria because at this time Samaritans were half Jewish and half Gentile mm-hmm. long ago in the Old Testament there was like a um like an invasion of like you know there was a separation between the northern tribe and the southern tribe of Israel or the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom mm-hmm. of Israel uh so basically the tribes all split up and stuff like that. And then that's how like, you know, other nations invaded the Jews. They started marrying and having kids. And that's how the Samaritan people came. Mm-hmm. So there was like a big like hatred and, and um and just division within within the Jews and the Samaritans. So People would usually avoid even going in Samaria, like Jewish people would avoid it because there was always that, you know, that tension and that division between Mm -hmm. between the two. So they would just avoid it and they didn't like each other to get along. So then you have Jesus who's on his way to a town and he could pass through Samaria. So it said that in the scripture that he was tired, uh, I guess, from walking, you know, I mean, he was fully man, you know, he was tired from walking. So he sat next to a whale Um, and then a woman comes up to draw water and, uh, and she's alone. She's a Samaritan woman. And he asked her to give me a drink. Um, and his, it also like notes that nobody was with Jesus. Like all his mm-hmm. disciples went into the town to get food. Then the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew acts for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria. And then it says in parentheses in John chapter four, verse nine, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Mm-hmm. So Jesus asked this woman for a drink and her first thing is, Oh, he's Jewish. Why are you asking me for a drink? And then she also includes I'm a woman. So there's already like, you know, Jesus is already hitting on the racism part, but then he's also hitting on like the man versus woman. You know what I mean? The thing that we was also speaking on earlier, like, you know, the men versus woman back in that day. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So that's the beautiful thing. He was literally like two birds, one stone, you know? And then Jesus says to her in verse 10, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So Jesus hits her back with something she probably doesn't even understand. Like, you know, if if you knew who I was, you would ask me for the water. But it's out of my love that I'm really asking you for water because Mm. he's trying to create the conversation. So short, like, you know, just to not go through every verse, you know, he starts telling her, like, everyone who drinks of this water that I have will be, or everyone who drinks of the water that you have will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling to eternal life. And then the woman says, sir, give me Amen. this water so that I would not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. And then that's when, you know, um, so, so basically Jesus and the woman is going back and forth about, like, you know... um. Like earthly things and heavenly things. And all Jesus is doing here is trying to like make her understand. He's trying to break the ice between the Jew and the Samaritan. But then he's also like trying to heal her and bring Amen. like unity. You know what I mean? And, and bring like a heavenly perspective to her that, you know, these things, the things that what you're going after are not eternal. But the things which I have is eternal. You know what I mean? So he's trying to break that division. And then that's when you get into verse 16 and he says, go call your husband and come here. And then that's when, you know, the woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. Uh, What you said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. But you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem you will worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Amen. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So basically what Jesus is doing here, if you really just see like the... Just like the the like the wisdom that he walked in. First, he just sits next to the well. He's thirsty, and Jesus knows everything, so he knows this is going to happen. You know mm. what I'm saying? The woman walks up. Hey, like, can I have a drink? You know, and she's like, Oh, like, we don't even deal with each other. Why are you asking me for a drink? And then Jesus is like starting to give her like you know the the real thing that he wants, and that's life. He wants to give healing. He wants to give unity. So he's like, Yo, like, if you ask, if you know who I was, and you ask me for the water that I have. You know, you would love it because this is going to like bring It is going to be a spring of water welling to eternal life within you. Like this is a life giving water, which I have. And what he's talking about is like his spirit. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And then that's when, you know, they're going back and forth. But then that's when Jesus starts getting personal. Like, okay, like, you know, she asked for the water. Then Jesus starts getting personal. Like, okay, well, go uh, call your husbands. And that's when a woman is like, I don't have a husband. He's like, yeah, you're right. Like, you have had five, and the, the guy that you're with now is not your husband. So he starts to get personal, letting her know that he does care. It's not only—he's not only worrying about the the spiritual and the eternal aspect, but he's also worrying about, like, where her heart is right now in her mind. Mm-hmm. So he's bringing healing spiritually but also like physically mentally and emotionally so it's showing that jesus cares for this woman you know what i mean because a normal a, a normal jew back in that time would probably not even talk to her he would completely ignore her but then you have jesus breaking division bringing love healing and unity so that's the crazy part so then he gets personal like yo like you know like call your husband but then he says like you know you're right you you know he's not your husband the guy you're with like you're with now is not your husband but then that's when um that's when they start getting into like another spiritual aspect you know like talking about like where you worship and stuff like that because the woman said like i perceived that you are a prophet because you he knew the things like you know that she didn't even tell him like he just already knew a stuff so she figured like oh this has to be a man of god mm. but then jesus lets her know like you know a time is coming where you're not going to worship like on a mountain you're not going to worship in a temple but it's a time where like true worshipers and it's funny that he's Like spoke of true worshipers, because that means that anybody like anybody who follows these procedures will be a true worshiper of God. And it is those who worship in spirit and in truth. It's not those that go to a certain building or go to a certain place or, you know, pray a certain way It's just going to be the people who worship in spirit because God is spirit. And that's like connecting with him and in truth, according to his word so that's just like the beautiful thing like Jesus literally brought healing he brought the unity he brought he he was breaking division by speaking to her in such a way because a normal person probably in that time wouldn't have done that. Yeah. So
0: no, that's fire and uh, the the heart of Jesus in that moment for that woman. Um and if you notice in, in in scripture like as you read through the gospels the Jewish people Jesus never really like ever he actually never really said, "Oh, I am the Messiah." Like I am, I, I, this is who I am. But if you notice in John chapter four with the woman at the well, this is a woman who is um, not necessarily Jewish, but she is, she is a part of, of the tribe of Israel, but she also has some Gentile part. Like um, she has Gentile um, within her, within her as well. Um, it would be like, it would be like a black and, and white woman. I mean, a black and a, and a white person coming together to make a baby. Right. And then it would be something that, Yeah, so you have like someone that would be a Samaritan. And so, and it was just looked down upon in culture. Um, And so you have this woman and really Jesus goes and and she, the woman says, oh, well, we'll know all things when the Messiah comes. And Jesus, actually, this is so rare. Jesus never just says, oh, like this is, I am the Messiah. Um, She says, oh, well, when the Messiah comes, he will make things known to us. And then Jesus says, he who you're talking to, I am the Messiah. And the girl's like, what? You know what I mean? Um, and it was in that thing that that woman, the Samaritan woman goes back over into Samaria and ends up becoming this evangelist where she's so, she gets excited and she starts sharing with, with Samaria about the Messiah is here, the Messiah is here. And in that God's heart was to bring the Jewish people and the Israelite people back into unity, just like how they were way back in, in David and in Solomon's time when it was one whole kingdom, which was Israel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and Jesus's desire is that. Through basically what he's saying is like we are so much stronger together than we are apart. You know what I mean? And through how you're going to come together in unity is by having Jesus's spirit, his Holy Spirit come live inside of you so that you could be able to have unity not only with God, but unity with the people around you. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. And that's really good because like, I mean, like you were saying, like, you know, when he said in verse 26, Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he like I am the Messiah. Jesus is like literally making himself known. Mm-hmm. Like he's not only trying to like, you know, like he's trying like he's he's letting her know exactly who he is specifically. Mm-hmm. Like he's giving all of himself to her and like how like how love would you feel, you know what I mean? Like if you have like, you know, if it's like a a mixed person like you know myself Um, and then somebody who comes to me who's like, you know, let's just say like a white person comes to me, but then they're like showing me love, like that'll make me like embrace the white part, you know, like the white side of me, like wow, like you really care for me, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But then if a black person does it too, then I'll feel the same way, like wow, you're making yourself known and you're embracing me, like you're not looking at me like I'm some type of like freak, like dinosaur or something like that, just because I have half of, you know, half of what you are, but then I have a different half that you can't relate with, you know what I mean? But it's like you're made, even know i'm somewhat different than you you're still embracing me you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that's the beautiful part about that
0: man and even uh there was another aspect of racism even in jesus's time and it was through a type of people and they were called lepers um and the lepers they were those who had a skin disease and so um the the jewish faith at heart was your is that by your works you become clean um, and if you don't do these works these specific like 613 uh, commandments that were in the Old Testament um, To be able to become clean you were not right with God And so you would have these people who actually couldn't ever be clean And there were those that there would be even some Jewish people They would be they would become lepers where they would have some type of skin disease and they what they would actually do is They would give them bells and anytime the, le- the lepers would all hang out together and they were considered the unclean and so they would actually carry bells and they would they would they would shake the bells as they're going into towns or going into certain places and they would they would yell unclean unclean because if those who were clean touched them they would become unclean and so it was this thing about the like and that was like Jesus never he never wanted that his desire his desire was to come and to heal and so you have these Um, these times in scripture where Jesus actually comes and he interacts with, with lepers and people are like, yo, yo, back up, back up, like watch these guys. And then Jesus actually comes. He actually lays hands on them. He loves them. Right. And it was actually, I think it was this one time in scripture, I think it was 10 lepers. Is that right? I think it was 10 lepers. Yeah, I believe it was 10 lepers that they came up to Jesus and Jesus heals all of them, heals all the lepers and through them, through them becoming healed, I think Jesus also says like go, um, go and give um, and become clean through the law of Moses. Go into there, show them your body. You become cleansed, and then you be good. You know, and it was it was Jesus's heart that other people wouldn't even wouldn't want to even touch these people. They stayed away from them, mm-hmm. but Jesus came. Not he didn't run away. He didn't not touch them. He actually embraced them. Yeah. And which says like looking, looking to them because they were so, de- they were so despised in culture that God was like, I actually desire you. I came for you um, and to make you whole, to make you clean, not only on the outside, but also on the inside. Yeah. You know? Um, and so that was the thing The that's why a lot of people back in the day did not mess with Jesus because he was doing the things that they weren't able to do like going to the lepers going to the samaritans um going and he was actually um he was taking um this is uh metaphorically taking knives and stabbing it into the hearts of the jewish people um and cutting the things that needed to be cut and then and showing light on and exposing their darkness and they were like nah we're not having it which ended up leading to them handing jesus over to the romans so that jesus would be crucified um, because they were like, yo, we're not having this. This dude is on like some other mess. But yeah. but Jesus, what he was trying to do was actually bring unity and bring healing. I mean, even like Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King um, dedicated his life. Um, To the ministry of the Lord and I believe like in my heart that he was like that Martin Luther King was like a prophet of our Times like Mm. in the sense of him hearing from God and going into a place and and Releasing what the word of the Lord was that God was not okay with racism with with segregation And it was through how God used Martin Luther King so powerfully that We that we have what we have today. It's better. Yes, it's like things have gotten better um, it's still rooted in our society But I believe through this great move like this movement of what's happening on the earth right now that I, I personally want racism to be done away with in our generation and that's by our, our Us being able to understand this and raise up our children in the Lord so that they be, be they, they don't see white and black but they see they, they see a brother or sister in Christ and that's like um, something to be uh, celebrated uh, di- di- like col- difference in culture difference in color um, it's something to be celebrated, you know?
1: Yeah. And that's really good. And I think just to kind of relate it to now, like what you were saying about Jesus and the lepers, the lepers were considered to be unclean, but I think because there was such a long time, like a, not a long time, but there was, there was, a people in that time started adapting to their own thoughts and their own like rituals and their own way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So when Jesus came on the scene and really showed them how they were to embrace the lepers and, and, and like heal them, you know what I'm saying? Not just let them walk around still remaining to be unclean, but actually going and healing them. I think that's how we need to relate it to our culture. Now, like we don't let somebody walk around like, like, basically, we don't let somebody walk around who is like, you know, like if there's a guy in front of you and he, you know, he he doesn't have money and he's like homeless or something like that, we shouldn't just let him walk you know, just continue to walk throughout his day without saying one word to him. Mm-hmm. Like we should embrace him, and be like, yo, like man, God loves you. Amen. You know what I'm saying? You're in a situation that 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 is pretty tough and I'm sure, but man, I just want to let you know, like, you know, God loves you. Jesus died for you on the cross. And and you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um turn to him, man, and and you know, like he he will give you everything you want. Like maybe not right now, but you know what I mean? Just trust and believe in him. And one day, you know, you'll be repaid for this when you go to heaven and stuff like that. Like really preach the gospel of Christ to him, but then also help him physically. Like you know, if you could spare ten or twenty dollars, if you could buy him a meal, if you could buy him a drink, you know what I mean. Just don't let them walk away without really, um, you know, like because we we can get in this mindset like from adapting, you know, things from our parents or things that we've seen or things from our culture to let people to kind of just like not really, like, look at them as, like, equal to ourselves. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's the biggest thing. Like, Jesus came to bring the unity and healing. He he was sympathizing with people. He sympathizes with us. So, therefore, we need to do that with people of different race, different people of different, you know, uh backgrounds, Amen. Amen. people who are in different situations uh financially than us. You know what I mean? It's about embracing people and having that love. So, um, yeah. So, and I also wanted to get into Romans chapter 13, because yeah, we I definitely feel like,
0: speak on the Roman 13.
1: Yeah, because this is a big thing, because like, you know, uh, in our generation, a lot of like, a lot of like the, the focus right now was within like government and authorities and police and cops. And it's a real thing, because it's true. Like, you know, a lot of black people have been getting killed by cops. And it's just, it's a very unfortunate situation. It's wicked. yeah. It, it, it really is because like Romans 13 really breaks down like how we are to look to authorities and like how authorities are supposed to operate. But then it also ends up back on the topic of love. So just to get into Romans 13, I'm going to read from verse 1 and verse 2. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. So just to give a quick rundown of what this means... God has made the format of how authorities and police and cops and and all that thing is supposed to look government how all that is supposed to look God has has created that and he gave wisdom for that. Mm -hmm. Now that's not saying that every single cop who walks nowadays is walking in that in that. Plan that God had, you know what I mean. And I think the biggest thing that we need to remember that we are to honor the police. We're to we're to honor the government because of the simple fact that they have been instituted in their position by God. But that does not mean that they are walking in that. Not in that. all
0: cops. There are, there are some. There are some good, like there's. I I have, I have a a friend of mine who's actually a cop. He's a good-hearted guy. He's Ethiopian. Yeah. He's a good-hearted guy. He's yeah. awesome. But like Devin was saying, like there are some cops with their own agenda that i and i know some people think like oh well they're actually there there's cops out there who are actually hunting black people down yeah i wouldn't necessarily agree with that i do believe they get caught up in these situations and then through these situations they make super super unrighteous judgments Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and they they um um they they kill unrightfully unjustly you know what i mean and they they take the 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 position that God has given them to bear the sword with authority and through them being able to bear the sword and what i mean by bear the sword is what the scripture is saying that they have weapons to to they're they're they are the um they are the servants of God to institute justice to protect us and yeah. when you do that and you're actually walking outside of
1: the line of your calling there's judgment for that yeah and the and that's really good because like they have been giving that they have been given that authority that like normal people like you and I don't have like God doesn't give me and you an authority to carry a weapon to you know what i mean to like you know, basically pass judgment upon somebody to like protect, you know, people, but cops have been given that authority because they are the servants of God. They have been placed there to protect people. And it says like in a certain place of scripture, like they're to praise those who do good, but then they're also to bring judgment on those who do wrong. You know what that's I mean? True. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Like so when a when a we're to honor the police because when they're doing their job correctly, they're following God's they're following God. You know what I mean? They're honoring God and they're honoring their jobs and their bosses. You know what I mean? They're doing it correctly. Yeah. So that's why we can't look at cops like, man, like, you know, forget the police because, you know, they out for black people. But we need to remember that God has put them in that place for a specific reason. And that's to, to, to carry out laws. You know what I mean? Because if we didn't have any laws and imagine how bad it actually be. Yeah.
0: And guys, even to say like with Romans 13, I just want to say that with Romans 13, um, this isn't me and Dev's um opinion. What this is, is actually the real authoritative, authoritative word of God. And so I want to let you guys know that this is what Romans 13 says. So please take your time and actually read Romans 13. And I'll, after that, um, I also want to speak on to this whole thing that's going on with the rioting. Um, when you have Martin Luther King once said that, uh, and some people were quoting this, that with the riots are the language of the unheard. And so when you have unbelievers Who are experiencing injustice and oppression and all the heated up tension? How do you expect unbelievers to actually respond? And that's what you're having, that's going all over the country in the sense of of the rioting. I don't, I would, I I would strongly agree that with what Jesus was, Jesus uh, attacked this issue in a different way. That did it include violence? But it was actually laying down his life. And even for example, Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King, he laid down his life for this whole thing and ended up getting killed. You know what I mean? But it was through that his life has lived on, and through his through his life, it's marked us. You know what I mean? And so, it's I think it's also been said uh, in like documentaries of like Martin Luther King that I was reading somewhere like this was years ago. I don't, can't remember exactly where. Um, that it's been known that Martin Luther King would wake up and he would pray three hours a day, and his heart was to bring white and um, white and black americans to come together in unity people of all colors that they would come together and it was the will of god to do this um and so and through him his who what his ministry was it was rooted in a heart of prayer and that's really the desire of where we all need to go with in this whole thing of everything that's going on that through prayer these things can be established you know what i mean the the heart of god can be moved um upon the earth to bring healing and I, i went i think this was last Thursday. I think I believe it was last Thursday. I went to I actually went to a protest. I got invited to a prayer protest and so we went to Rockville, Rockville, Maryland to a circuit court. There wasn't a lot of people there, but there was like a decent amount of us who were actually protesting. And so we all came together and for about 2 hours we just spent time praying and like and praying the scriptures um and getting into it and man when i tell you the minute that we started opening our mouth the presence of god just came into that area and it w- and and i was almost like if you want to say like i was even like experience i was feeling it in this in, in the spirit and also experiencing it like just like what the lord was showing me it was like i could see our prayers being lifted up as like a burning offering like an incense that would lift up from us like this aroma that would lift up and it was lifting up into heaven and it was not only for our region but also globally because there are there are, are the saints all over America who are believing and praying into the same thing that we desire to see racism ended. We desire to see change. We want the oppressed, though those who are experiencing injustice, to have their voice heard. And that the powers of darkness... You know, like I mean, this is also a big thing. I mean, uh, Ephesians six twelve says that we are not at war with flesh and blood, but against the powers of darkness in the unseen realm. So it's not really like a white and a black. Yes, yes, it's like it's a white and a black issue, but there is darkness. There, there is a demonic force that's at work within. With like, if if a white person has issues towards the black to towards the black the black community, there is a there is a force of of a demonic darkness that is that is clouding that person that white man's uh, or white woman's vision, and not being able to see um, the black community as how God actually sees them. And so, the thing about it though is that you can't beat the demon out of the person. It's through prayer that we believe that God would remove the veil and that. And I know that I've been hearing this heavy in church and people prophetically of what they were hearing from the Lord is that the fear of the Lord is coming like a wave. And that's really what my prayer has been, even through the prayer protest and what we were all doing, spending time in prayer, is that the fear of the Lord would come upon those who are dealing with racism um, to be able to bring healing and justice and that we would be moved to repentance, all of us, you know?
1: Yeah, and that's good because, like, that's the thing. This whole racism whole thing, it's, it's not— it's not just like a mere slight thing. It's literally sin. Like, it, so is, it is rooted from sin. And, and just like, you know, you could read throughout Scripture, um, you know, like, when we're born, like, we, we all sin. Like, you know, Romans 3.23, like, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know what I mean? So we all have sinned. We have all went against God in a way like and we all need to be redeemed. And then it talks about also in Scripture that we were born with the nature of Adam. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's why Jesus in John chapter three, verse three says, like, you know, to inherit the kingdom of God or to see the kingdom of God, you need to be born again. And it's not like such a thing where like it's like, oh, like I changed my attitude and and I changed like, the, you know, I I changed like, you know, doing from bad things. But it's like, no, like, God, I desperately see that like I like I'm wicked. Like, I mean, even myself, like I have thoughts all the time, like about even this matter. And it's just completely against God. And mm-hmm. I have to like literally repent and be like, God, like I can't think that way. I need to think your ways. So mm-hmm. it's literally being it's literally coming before God. Like, I'm I'm not righteous. I I can't have heaven because i need you you know so it's really a sin issue and that's the biggest thing that we need to understand that like people just they they don't even really know that what they're doing is wrong so that's why as a people god and what you were doing like during that like prayer protest like is a beautiful thing because a lot of people are coming together right now to do these riots to do these walks to do these protests but it's like yo like what are you doing it for are you doing it just to be seen are you doing it just to like post it on instagram and look yeah i
0: really pray that people's hearts are pure in this whole matter that it's not like oh yeah well because what happens is that like i'm just gonna add this like quick snippet Mm -hmm. is that you have like experiencing racism and then you have the black the like i'm praying that this isn't the case that people's hearts are pure that they actually want to see change and not like let's bash the white community yeah let's bash the government let's bash there's wickedness in the government there's wickedness in certain aspects of the white community and there's probably there's wickedness even in, in the in, black community in, in the black community yeah. you know so let our hearts be pure in the matter and let us hear from heaven and not from the flesh or not from like
1: soulish thinking you know yeah yeah so just to kind of like go off of like this tangent like um you know about like riding, like romans 13 like we already a uh, Rome. yeah romans 13 we already gave like how it talks about the authorities but then also it's funny because this chapter ends up going in love and how it all relates with love Mm. so then in verse 10 you have um or let me read from verse 9 for the commandments you shall not commit adultery you shall not murder you shall not steal you shall not covet and any other commandment are summed up in this word you shall love your neighbor as yourself love does no wrong to a neighbor therefore love is the fulfilling of the law So basically what this is saying is like, you know, all these things, like all, all like, you know, the, the Ten Commandments, which like uh, Moses received from God on the mountain is like it's all summed up in one thing. And that's to love your neighbor as yourself, because if you murder, if you steal, if you covet, that's all not acting out of love towards one another. You know what I mean? If you do something like that, that truly shows that you don't love your friend. You don't love that person that you did something like that, too. But then it says love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So it's like we need to make sure that we cast off the works of darkness, meaning like we we don't walk from like places that is not unloving. We don't walk from them places, but we put on the Lord Jesus and how he would love just how he loved the Samaritan woman and, and acknowledged her, but then also gave her like eternal life. We need to be doing the same to other people. So whether we riot, whether we protest, I'm OK if people Well, not riot. But if we protest, I'm for it. But you need to be doing it in a loving and peaceful way that resembles God. You know what I mean? That's the biggest thing about it. Yeah,
0: there isn't a the 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 power and I, this is really this is a faith thing. But we need to remember how powerful prayer is. Yeah. Uh, we need to have faith in prayer. We need to believe that through our prayers that it was there. You can see all the way through scripture. I mean, even in the time of Daniel, in the book of Daniel, Daniel would get on his knees three times a day and he would pray for that. He would pray for um, Israel to be set free from or well, it was, it was uh, the Jewish people to be the the Jewish people would be set free from Babylon, and he would pray and he would pray and, I, and then um you have the I think it was the archangel Michael mm-hmm. that finally was able to get to um Daniel and says Daniel your prayers are powerful um we're um I am fighting the 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 print like I'm fighting the, the demonic forces in 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 the in the, in the evil er- realm yeah um and your prayers are being heard. Um, and I've been delayed because of the forces of darkness. And basically, what's going on is that through Daniel's prayers, and through him consistently being with her to be able to be set free from oppression from the Babylonian Empire, that you have the archangel Michael, who is um, in in the in the Lord's army, is actually coming to him saying, like we're like this battle is being fought and it's being it's being uh, it's happening and being fueled by your prayer that is actually. Um, destroying the powers of darkness and allowing God's will to be set forth all over the earth. Yeah. You know, so there is power in prayer um, and let God give us wisdom and understanding on how to protest. And here's the thing. Don't be silent on the matter. Have these conversations with people and be able to like get people's uh, understandings, get people's feedback and get together with a group of friends and just get on the street corner and just pray. Yeah, You know, And, 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 make make your voice heard you know
1: yeah and also hear other people's voices too because i know my biggest thing like even when i was talking to a friend the other day and like You know, we was talking about these matters and like I was kind of just coming. Like I didn't I didn't even see how strong like I was leaning on my opinions. But then when she like gave me her opinions, which were like very good, it kind of like humbled me in a sense to be like, oh, like that's really good. Like, let me stop being so strong minded by myself, but also hear you out. And she's white. So she had a different perspective, too, than I do. So it was good to kind of like, you know, have that fine balance of, you know, hearing other people, but then also going to the word of God, of course, and letting that fill us, you know and um just like you were saying like you know we don't the weapons that we fight with aren't carnal they're not like earthly they're like you know we we have weapons such as prayer which is like mighty in the spirit you know what i'm saying so prayer is the biggest thing like we need to be praying especially in this time like for the people who's going through oppression for the people who's out there fighting the oppression that they would fight you know not also with like human ways but they fight like also in prayer that they fight like with the word of god that they fight in such a ways like that but then we also need to be praying for like ourselves you know that that god will use us in every situation you know like whether you know, where I work or whatever, something like that, just to kind of to be loving and, and to really just show Jesus wherever we're at.
0: Amen. And so, guys, um, in this time, as we're about to wrap up, I'm going to share this, uh, um, the, these two quick stories on how on what our position of our heart should be and what we're believing for. Um, I have uh, when I went to this prayer protest, one of my real good friends, he's a pastor at a more uh, a more church. Uh, his name is Jay, um, Pastor Jay and Pastor Jay, I remember he came, he was was coming late to the prayer protest, and he was, while we're in the middle of us praying, he was kind of in this place of, like, wanting to, like, you know, saying hi, but I knew what what his desire was. He immediately came, and he went over to the side, and he just felt the heaviness of just all that was going on, and he actually, he got on his knees on the sidewalk, and he just was in that place of, of deep prayer and longing for God to do something in this nation, and I was so moved by it because I believe that should be our heart position towards this whole thing, that we would be moved to our knees, and we would we would ex- and we would experience in prayer what our brothers are going through and and relate with them and also search our own heart that we don't have racism dealing with any of us or unrighteous judgments, which I've dealt with as well and I had to repent of that in my own life, um, but with the Lord not even too long ago, you know. Yeah. And so this is really our heart. A friend of mine, his name's uh, Brad um, and uh, his wife, Skylar, they were, they were together um, and they should, well, they actually, they shared this story with me and I believe it's, this is such a beautiful story uh, and really are like a prayer point of what I pray for to happen. Um, there was this uh, car um, with this white man in it, and he was leaning out um, uh, coming, in, and coming into traffic um, and this all happened by a by a little convenience store by a gas station that, that Brad and and Skyler, they were actually stopped uh, to get some gas or something like that. And while this man in the white car, he was pulling out this eighteen wheeler with a black man, is 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 going and and the eighteen wheeler smashes. I mean demolishes. This is a true story. Demolishes the the car, and then it's just a it's a it's a it's a terrible sight and Brad he was saying he ran over there right and checked on the white guy and the white guy's like he he's he's out like out and and there's like blood coming front down from his neck because of from where the seatbelt was all the airbags and the car you like you 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 just The whole car was just mangled and the dude finally comes to his senses and he's like what happened what happened and then and and brad was there and immediately like i love brad he immediately went into a place of like actually sharing the gospel and he says man do you know jesus like do you know jesus he saved you like you're okay because jesus uh, is here he saved you and the dude was like yeah like and, and 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 just was totally into it and then um the we have uh, the black man who is actually an 18 Miller. He comes out, like he's in a daze. he comes out. He comes over to the car. And what you see is the black man and the white man. They actually, and Brad actually showed me the picture. Because uh, his wife actually got the picture of the car and everything. And I saw the white man that was in the accident and the black man who uh, who come out. And they held each other's hand and they forgave one another. And they were so sorry. I mean, with, like with tears. Like so sorry uh, of what was all going on. And the black man was asking for forgiveness. The white man was asking for forgiveness. And it was like this 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 beautiful thing of coming together that in the midst of our mistakes and everything that may happen, we can come to a place of, of forgiveness and being able to love our brother for injustices that have, yes, like there are some weird wicked things that have happened in, in 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 the past and all the way throughout the years um and and i know that this may be hard but i would say like search your heart in this that that through all that may happen the injustice whatever generation that you are do not continue like if you were a generation of of uh, of, 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 of of the black community do not harbor bitterness anger um, and and resentment towards the white community because of what your generations have gone through. I'm not I'm not saying that it is not righteous for you to be angry. It's okay for you to be angry, but be able to move to a place of forgiveness. That you be able to see you're angry for what happened, but you're willing to be the generation that's actually able to say yes, I forgive you, and I'm willing to walk this thing out in unity with my black community, with all other communities, and we have the white people. Like I'm gonna be straight up with you guys because my grand my my grandfather and my grandmother they were they were like white white and they lived in the south i've thought about this before that probably their generation 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 were probably slave owners like it wouldn't surprise me at all and i'm almost certain that maybe in some form or fashion it probably was i just don't know i don't know where our culture goes but I'm not going to go ahead and be that part of the generation that's going to continue to live and be like, that was okay. But I want to be the generation where I stand up and I say, no, like I forgive my ancestors that they were moving in that type of, in that type of wickedness. And I'm going to choose to be the generation that's going to be different. I'm going to move with the spirit of God and not move with the spirit of Satan and the spirit of hate and the spirit of, of, of division. And I'm going to choose to live in unity with Jesus so that I can be able to see, Um, the glory of god come upon a generation that we see unity and brotherly love and affection and the heart of the church um, like we've never seen before
1: amen yeah amen amen yeah so that's pretty much it we was just you know coming we felt like we should have done this you know what i mean just to you know give like the biblical perspective um basically out here like i know i posted on my instagram a couple days ago like regarding you know like posting some scriptures and stuff like that that could help during all this protest because i've been yeah, seeing a lot of like, scriptures thank you i've been seeing a lot of my friends like doing these protests and all type of stuff and i just want i, I want especially our generation like our age group to truly know the truth and that is jesus that amen. all this can only be solved through jesus it's not us trying to push this peaceful you know this whole peaceful and all lives matter black lives matter like all that is good when it's done under the right spirit which is from like god's spirit amen but ultimately that's not going to be what ends all of this is going to be jesus because god is love and if you're trying to push love you can't separate the two because love is within god so if you're pushing love you have to push god too you know what i mean so that's the biggest thing we just need to come back to the bible we need to see what god speaks about this because he's the creator of all things and if he's the creator of all things then he has the wisdom to all things so we need to go to him in order to be filled and then to walk you know and to to be able to shed light on things of this nature so, yeah, this is hey, the buddy. podcast. Hey, um, man. You know, we just really wanted to shed light on this situation. So, yeah, um, if you guys can definitely leave a, a review for the podcast, that would be great because I think, like, that would help it, like, kind of push out there. You know what I mean? So hey, leave man. that five-star review. You feel me? We appreciate it. We appreciate everybody who's already commented on it and stuff like that. Yeah, we really do. I appreciate all the listeners, everybody who's been giving, like, feedback and stuff like that. I really appreciate you all. And, like, I don't want you guys to think that, like, you know, we're some type. Like, like, I don't, I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, yeah, I do a podcast. And stuff like that. So really hit us up if you have questions about the podcast. If you have feedback about the podcast, hit us up. Amen.
0: And so, guys, we thank you so much. We genuinely, genuinely love you all. Um, and this is our prayer that through our generation, we may not be silent and that we may be able to see racism and many other things like divorce, sexual immorality, porn, masturbation. These things that have, have so affected our generation, um, just our narcissistic ways of, be, of being so inwardly looking at ourselves, that we may be able to see that removed in our generation because we're so madly in love with the king of kings so we love you guys this Man is gage this is devin peace Hiya. party people yes